Hi, this is Carolyn Cooper. Welcome to the Mental Health and Faith Podcast, where we offer encouragement for life in this complicated world. Please join the conversation by entering your questions, suggestions, and insights in the comments. Enjoy the episode. Hi, I'm Carolyn. Thank you for coming back. Uh, Today, I am going to be sharing some suggestions on how to encourage a friend. Now, I developed a resource several years ago that I will have on the uh, podcast website that is called How to Encourage a Depressed Friend. And that's because when I developed this, I drew a lot from my experience of how people encouraged me when I was very depressed. So that's that was my thought process in developing this. But I really believe the suggestions I'm going to share today and next week when we finish up uh, the list, um, I know they can be applied to encouraging people in a variety of situations, not just someone who's depressed. Because let's face it, there is a lot of pain and suffering in this world. And God calls us to reach out and encourage those uh, people in our lives, our loved ones, our friends, our neighbors, you know, even people we don't love so much. But this is specifically, these tips are specifically for people who are in your life. God has brought them there, and he wants you to be involved in their lives. So let's get started. The first suggestion, the first tip for how to encourage a friend is to pray. Now you may think, well, praying is great, but that doesn't get me face-to-face with this person that I need to encourage. What good is it going to do? I can tell you that prayer is very important and very powerful. I believe that completely. I've experienced it in my own life. And so I have prayer as the number one way to encourage a friend. I truly believe that when we pray for someone, sincerely, heartfelt, passionate, desiring for that person to receive encouragement and support and comfort, I truly believe that the Spirit releases power that impacts that person directly. Uh, And I know I have experienced that when people have prayed for me. And I have had people share with me that they have felt the prayers of the people around them. It's something that's kind of hard. It's a miraculous, mysterious thing that happens. But it is totally true. So first, pray. What should you pray? That's the next question. Uh, Well, first of all, if someone is hurting, and especially in a mental health way, I always pray for that person to receive peace, comfort, and healing. Those are the first things I start with. But I also love to pray scripture with that person, for that person as well. Because Ephesians actually has a great passage on how we can pray for people. This is Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus. And recorded in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through the first part of 19. Paul says, For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus, which exists among you, that's among the Ephesians, and your love for all the saints, I, Paul, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. And this is the specific way that Paul is praying and that we can pray. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, 
may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? Isn't that amazing? We, when we pray for someone, how special is it to pray that they would have wisdom and revelation of God? Because the more we know God, the more we can trust him, the more we can find encouragement to turn our burdens over to him and let him help us through the situations we face. Paul also prays that uh, their hearts may be enlightened, their hearts would be opened up, that they would know the hope of God's calling for them. God does not call us to this pain and suffering that we experience in this world. It happens as part of this broken, sinful world that we live in. He calls us to a greater purpose, and that's something that we'll have to talk about another time, that uh, he calls us to something greater. Paul also prays that they would would, uh, recognize the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And that's basically saying he wants them to realize that there is an inheritance here. In other words, we are children of God. Children of God. That's incredible. And you know, when, when a loving father loves their children, they want the best for them. They want to care for them. And... What is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? When we think about the power of God, when we pray that someone will experience the power of God, that can wipe away all kinds of problems in our lives. Now, I don't mean wipe away as in totally disappear, because that may or may not happen. But just knowing we have the power of God in us and around us because of what Jesus has done for us, That can give us great comfort. We can draw on the power of God to be encouraged to walk through the situations that we may face in our lives. There's an added benefit for praying for someone else, and that is that God softens our heart towards them. He helps make it a little bit easier to encourage them and comfort them and be in a relationship with them. I know this firsthand. In the past, there was an individual in my life who I just didn't get along with. They just rubbed me the wrong way, and I probably rubbed them the wrong way too. But I felt compelled to start praying for them. And the more I prayed for them, the more God filled my heart with a love for that person, a willingness to overlook things, a willingness to set aside the judgment I had in my heart against that person and to just recognize that they also were a child of God. They also needed his blessings. They needed his guidance in their, in their lives. They needed that. So as I prayed for them, it was, it was beneficial for me as well. The second tip is to be available. Now, what I mean by that is simply what it says, to make time for that other person. You know, we let our phones go to voicemail a lot. We can look at a text and then just totally ignore it. 
and you know it's good to set some boundaries so we don't overwhelm ourselves i mean we have to take care of ourselves too in this process that's something to remember as i go through all of these these uh tips you do have to set some boundaries sometimes but what i mean by be available is to if someone calls if you let it go to voicemail check the voicemail right away pick the phone back up and call them right back if you can be willing this is a tough one. Be willing to provide comfort for someone, even when it may interfere with something that you're doing. Now, in this suggestion of being available, I am not talking about a one-on-one -on -one availability. That's going to be the next suggestion, is, is more of an in-person opportunities to spend time together. But for this, being available, we are so blessed that we have our phones, we have messengers, Zoom calls, I mean, just a variety of social media uh, tools that we can use to be in touch with someone other than face-to-face. -face. Say you're in the middle of getting your laundry done. You just have one more load to, to fold, and that person calls. That person who you know is hurting. That person who you know needs some encouraging words from you. You don't want to deal with it at the moment. You want to get that laundry done or whatever it happens to be that you're in the middle of. But making yourself available is setting that priority to follow the Lord's command to love others as we love ourselves. We are called to encourage others, to comfort others. And sometimes that means that we put them in that place, that priority place. So be available. Another thing, when we make ourselves available, we start building that trusting relationship with that other person. And, you know, you will find that as that happens, they will be more available for you in your time of need. So that's two. Be available. The next one is spending the one-on-one -on -one time together. And this is in person. One-on-one -on -one time in person. In other words, you're not just available. You're not just going to send a few texts to encourage or talk on the phone. You're going to be there. You're going to give up your time to be, to sit with that person in their relationship. It's important that, that in this case, when we're spending that one-on-one -on -one time with, with someone, this is not a fun outing moment. That is later on in our suggestions. We'll have more of that kind of a, a suggestion for being together and enjoying each other and having fun and things like that. In this case, when I say spend one-on-one -on -one time together, I mean very specifically to give them that encouragement that they need at that moment in their lives. This is, um, again, how we continue to build trust in the relationship. Invite, to, invite them to a meal. Go for a walk, cry on each other's shoulder, let them cry on your shoulder. Just sit with them and listen in person so you can look them straight in the eye. So they can see your body language, demonstrating that you are really there for them. Suggestion number four, offer occasional help with daily chores. When they are overwhelmed, when they need to heal, but there is also the normal everyday routine that can get in the way, Sometimes having someone just come in and pick up a few things around the house, bring a meal, 
do some laundry, do something simple. Providing help with the normal routine can also help that person reduce the guilty feelings they probably have because they are not keeping up with things themselves. They're not able to get things done. They're too overwhelmed. They're pushing too hard to try to keep things normal and something has to go. And that something that goes is usually our daily routine of picking things up, doing the dishes, doing laundry, things like that. Now, just a, a quick word of caution. I'm not saying go in and take over. I'm not saying go clean the house, spick and span from top to bottom, do all the laundry, get the mail sorted, just take over every task that needs to be done. I am not saying that. That's not beneficial for them, and it's not beneficial for you. Again, it goes back to setting those boundaries. But when you offer to come in and provide a little bit of relief from the day-to-day -day stress and responsibilities, that is a gift that they can cherish. I have another scripture I'd like to read that I think goes along really well with this. This is Galatians chapter 6, verses 2 through 5. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, it kind of puts things in a little bit more directly that we can understand. I think you'll see what I'm what I'm talking about here. Galatians 6, 2 through 5. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Again, that law, that command to love each other, to love one another. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. <laughs> Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. The New American Standard Bible says in that last verse, verse 5, for we each one will bear our own load. In other words, yes, we do need to be responsible for ourselves, but yes, we definitely need help at times. About 20 years ago, when I had my emotional breakdown and entered a time of healing and recovery, and I spent a lot of time working towards being healthy again. During that time, I had uh, my pastor's wife came and knocked at the door and said, hi, you know, I thought I'd stop by and see if you needed some help around the house. She had brought some cleaning supplies, and I just burst into tears. I wasn't expecting it. If she'd called and asked, I probably would have said no, but I was home and, uh, you know, my pastor, they knew that I was home healing. So I welcomed her in. I sat down and cried while I watched her do some dusting and vacuuming. She caught up with the dishes. She brought a vase of flowers and sat on our kitchen table. It was, it was humbling and it was encouraging and comforting and so needed. Sometimes when someone is struggling and feeling overwhelmed, you can get a, a lot of guilt and shame built up in your life, in your, your feeling towards yourself, because you're not taking care of things that you know you need to be taking care of. So that simple act of kindness, of cleaning someone's house, going shopping for them, doing something, to ease a little of that burden of keeping up 
with everyday routine while trying to heal and recover. It just can be such an amazing gift. Well, we've made it to tip number five for today. And then I will do a quick recap uh, before we close. But tip number five is to encourage participation in life. Now, I said that we would talk about having fun, and this is it. This is where we're going to talk about having some fun. People living with a mental illness or brokenness of any kind, they tend to isolate from the world. It's just easier to stay hidden, to stay home and dwell and wallow and experience that, that suffering. It's just, we get used to it. We get comfortable there and we don't want to leave. So to draw your friend out of hiding, invite them to something. Encourage them to participate in life that is going on around them. Invite them to a Bible study or a book club. Maybe ask them if they'd like to go to the gym with you. Encourage them to participate in a group outing. Maybe your women's ministry or men's ministry is having a special event. Invite them to that. Arrange something yourself. Have a chick, chick flick night for the ladies or have your uh, the men in your life schedule a bowling outing or girls go bowling and guys watch a movie. Do something, arrange something so that this person can feel a little bit of normality coming back into their life. It is exhausting if you spend all of your time, all of your time trying to heal and recover and get stronger emotionally and mentally and spiritually and physically. It's exhausting. We all need to have those times where we just have fun. We just relax. We enjoy life, the life that God has given us here on this earth. I have a couple of other scriptures I want to read that, that relate to having friends. And the first one really goes back to some of the earlier suggestions that I've given today um, because it's more of the emotional connection. So verse 9, uh, Proverbs 27, verse 9, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. When you're spending that time with your friend, that one-on-one -on -one time or the listening time of just being available for them, sometimes they might ask for your counsel. Now, I shy away from giving advice on situations that you don't have any experience in. But if you do have some experience in the same challenges they are facing, give them some encouragement based on your own experience. It is as sweet as perfume and incense. It is so such a relief to know that you're not the only one going through certain situations. The next verse, Proverbs 27, verse 10, says, Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. In other words, if you have friends, don't lose them. Don't give up on them. Nurture that relationship. And I love that it says either yours or your father's in this verse, because, you know, there are people that God has brought into our lives, and we may find an encourager in a surprising place. Don't abandon your friends. Let your friends be part of your life even when they are struggling, even when they're not so easy to be around, even when you get tired of hearing them complain all the time. That's probably exactly when 
they need you. I'm going to read another scripture now. This is from Psalm 34, verse 5. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In the next verse, in my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. All right, so I was just going to read verse 5 and I saw verse 6 right next to it and knew I had to include that as well. So I want you to hear the words again. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. It does not say those who are healed or those who are comforted. There's no disclaimer on on anything other than those who look to him for help. It doesn't say there has to be some result. But when we look to the Lord for help, we will be radiant with joy. We need to help our friends see that they can have joy just from the very act of turning to the Lord for help. We can help encourage them in that truth. And then the next phrase, no shadow of shame will darken their faces. Remember, I just mentioned that sometimes someone feels guilt and shame when they're not taking care of their responsibilities because they're so focused on their hurt and their pain. But when we do look for help, and I think also when we look for help from our friends, when you allow a friend to, to uh, contact you for help, they don't need to experience any shame for their situation. And then verse 6 that I just added on, in my desperation I prayed and the Lord listened. Again, prayer I have as our no, the number one suggestion for encouraging a friend. And yes, I, in that case, was referring to us down on our knees praying in, in solitude for that person. But pray with them. Let them hear your prayers for them. That is something else you can do. And the Lord will listen. And he saved me from all my troubles. Do you know that you might be the answer that God provides? You might be the one to help save them from their troubles in the human way that the, the human way that we can by being there and offering our support and encouragement. But take joy. Now to close, I simply want to Go through and identify again the first five ways to encourage a friend. One, pray. Two, be available. Three, spend one-on-one -on -one time together face-to-face. -to -face. Four, offer occasional help with daily chores. And five, encourage participation in life. I hope that these are helpful. And I hope that you come back to hear the next five next uh, next week. But please use them. Pray over them. Again, you can access the handout. And I hope that uh, this has been beneficial for you today. Thank you so much. Please reach out anytime if you have questions. My email address is carolyn, that's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E, at in God's corner.org. That's Carolyn at I N G O D S C O R N E R.org. I would love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here at the Mental Health and Faith podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I really do look forward to hearing from you. 
For more information, check out my website at www.ingodscorner.org. Thank you.